Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Busy Blooming podcast. My name's Tess. I'm Alexis. And happy 2022. Happy New Year. We made it. (laughs) We're starting off the new year in normal fashion of having technical problems. So (laughs) what else is new? Bringing the energy into 2022. Yeah, that's the only energy we need to leave behind in 2021. I keep getting the years mixed up. I know. It's very confusing. (laughs) But uh, it's like we said, 2020. 2020 and 2021 are just the same but same but different literally it was just like a long year like they were (laughs) identical yeah and they just one never ended they just merged into each other yeah I refuse for that to repeat in 2022 though like this is this is gonna be different it's not happening (laughs) yeah I feel it Um, well, welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a great holiday, a great New Year's. We took our one week off of the year last week. Yes, we did. You know, busy blooming. We we do not skip a week, but you know, no. it's just the holidays. It wasn't wasn't the vibe. Yeah. But we're back and better than ever. We're starting off the new year with just like just in the best way possible with the guest this week. I am so excited. So exciting. I'm so excited. Yeah. So as you guys can tell by the title, we have Natalie Barbu on the podcast, which Natalie has been on our list of like dream guests since we started the podcast back in May. Yeah. And things are happening. I'm just I'm so excited. So she's going to come on um, after we do our little intro and she gives so much good advice on being a woman in business in your 20s and the confidence that comes with that and just all about owning a business, planning out life in your 20s, when to pivot, when to quit things. Like it was just such she gives great advice if you guys know who she is, which I'm sure everybody does. So it was just such a fun interview. So stay tuned for that. Over the holiday break, we got we got a few new listeners, and it's just yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like we should do a little intro or like a recap of us busy blooming, yeah, all that fun stuff. Okay, do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay, okay. okay so I'm Alexis. I'm 24, and I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and I work in marketing for a fashion brand. And that's really it. I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> Yeah. I love normal people. If no one has heard my rants about normal people, <laughs> I'll spare you, but uh, you have to read it. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, my name's Tess. I'm 25. I work and live downtown Toronto, and I recently quit my nine to five job. And so I still work, though. I work corporate. Um, I work part time at a beauty brand in marketing. I've worked in marketing for like three and a half years ish and then I also work for busy blooming and for my YouTube channel and TikTok and Instagram well not for TikTok could you imagine that'd be that would be the dream job yeah, maybe one day but um no like making yeah. content as of now so yeah that's what um that's what I do and busy blooming um is more than just a podcast we have a lot going on and so much to come in 2022 which we'll get to shortly but yeah busy blooming is just it's the year of busy blooming in 2022 and just get ready buckle up like you guys are not ready (laughs) but busy blooming is we have a facebook group and then we have a facebook group we have an instagram where someone from the community takes over every tuesday we have a linkedin and then we have our website so busyblooming.ca we have resume templates cover letter templates email templates to negotiate your salary just like a bunch of stuff you need um as a post-grad thriving in your 20s and that's pretty much who we are and we have a podcast too obviously i feel like that's yeah yeah, kind of (laughs) that's a given (laughs) Oh, and we have merch. We have merch. Oh my god, yeah. How did we forget? <laughs> yeah, we have merch. The most iconic thing. 
yeah the merch store or busy blooming apparel it's it's coming this year like we have a lot coming up and it's going to be very exciting and so the merch is like here to stay though so go check it out busyblooming.ca slash shop and five percent of the proceeds go towards helping girls get in school and stay in school and yeah Okay, so for the first episode back, of course, we have Natalie on. And then the intro, we wanted to just do a couple New Year's things, and then we'll get into the interview. Should we start with our resolutions, 2022? Ooh, yeah. I'm excited to hear yours. I feel like yours are going to be good. <laughs> I have. I just have a feeling. I, well, you know, I have so many written down, but I picked, I picked four. Okay, I have three, but they're honestly... Guys, I am just, like, not a big resolutions person, so mine are just so basic but it's fine (laughs) yeah um yeah I can't relate less like I (laughs) (laughs) I love resolutions and goals but at least you're not one of those people because you know some people are like such haters on the new year yeah no that's not me no I just I think resolutions are amazing Mm -hmm. I just I never I never really implement them for myself but maybe maybe I will I'll start (laughs) yeah totally um so my first one is to learn to cook more and just learn to cook like new dishes I feel like I cook the same like five meals over and over and that's all that I make Mm -hmm. I just very much stick to what I know Mm -hmm. so this year I'm gonna branch out you know try to to learn how to cook new things that's a really good one thanks um okay my first one is I want to read 30 books this year Oh my god, that's my next one. Oh, really? How many? Um, I put 25. I had 25 as my goal in 2021. I did not reach my goal. Me too. I don't even think I read 20. I don't know why. I put, why am I out here putting 30? <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. You'll, yeah. you'll get through it. I know you will. Okay, what's your next one? So my next one and my last one, which I feel like this is truly like as basic as you can get, mm-hmm. um, but it's to work out more. currently I do not have a workout routine like at all I go for Mm -hmm. walks and that's really it but um I'm gonna get on my grind this year yeah that's a great one working out thank you yeah thank you hot girl walks are also a great workout that counts yeah I love a hot girl walk okay I have a similar one so my next one was like just be I want to be the most fit I've ever felt like in 2022 yeah yeah same and then my last two well one of them I just want to reach like follower goals which I saw this post on Instagram and it was like it crossed out get more followers and it said get more friends and I was like that is (laughs) the opposite of how I couldn't be me (laughs) which I know is such toxic like such a toxic thing to say but I feel like I'm good like we really love having no friends in this podcast keeping a circle small normalize having no friends absolutely like that has been our theme since day one (laughs) yeah so (laughs) but yeah so I just want to like work really hard at like YouTube and our course busy blooming and just you know grow those accounts and things yeah it is what it is and then my last goal is I just want to take more I want to take one week breaks more regularly throughout the year yeah I just like have a cute habit of getting extremely burnt out and having breakdowns so (laughs) so cute so fun so fun and fresh so I'm trying to avoid that no that's a good one yeah those are my summer resolutions I have look at my list oh my god (laughs) you are ready to go I'm ready for 2022 (laughs) I was reading through my 2021 resolutions and I remember writing down I did them with my mom last night and it was like I'm just so excited for 2021 to have no like get back to normal life like with the vaccine coming lol yeah 
no it didn't happen no it was looking good for a while it was the summer was good so yeah and then it just took a dark turn yeah which we'll get to okay the other thing we wanted to say i saw this on instagram is something you want to leave behind in 2022 which i feel like is just such a good question who who you want to leave behind or why you want to leave behind (laughs) i'm leaving you behind (laughs) It's like actually such a savage thing. I'm actually leaving this person behind. Yeah. <laughs> They're bye. dead to me. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> but honestly, it's empowering. Like if you guys have anyone toxic in your life, like feel free. Give yourself that power. <laughs> Leave them behind. Yeah. Yeah. Say bye. Gotta go. TTYN. Yeah. Talk to you never. Can't talk in busy blooming. <laughs> Gotta go. It's like we say, you can subtly ghost people. There's a lot of power in that. There is a lot of power in that. It's underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what's something you want to leave behind in 2021? Okay, so this is what I wrote down. I wrote, wasting my time, LOL. <laughs> and that's just the vibe. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm not wasting my time anymore. You know, doing things I don't want to do just because I feel like I have to be doing them. That's a no. Mm-hmm. Putting, like, time and energy into people who do not put time and energy into me. That's a no. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just not wasting my time you know that's that's the vibe that I'm bringing that's amazing I love that Thank don't you. waste any time Thank on you. people on things that don't no. serve you no amazing what a good one thank you thank you so much <laughs> what's yours I'm excited to hear it okay mine is I want to stop walking on eggshells and overthinking everything I say that is such a good one yeah I feel like I just really like that like we will have a Mm -hmm. it's not just the anxiety like just in every aspect of my life like being so concerned of what I say which of course it's good to not like offend people and be polite like that's what I'm talking about I'm not gonna be out here like (laughs) saying horrible things (laughs) just being a savage (laughs) yeah but I just feel like with being on like the podcast Instagram and just in my personal life too I'm always so careful to be like people actually might disagree with this but I feel like I really try to be like PC and like politically correct and like just yeah kind of agree with people even when I don't like just to not like I'm out here trying to disagree with people I think I'm trying to I'm saying this wrong but just not walk on eggshells and be like so like it's yeah okay no to, like, I totally get what you're saying yeah it's just like, like not be like nervous to give your opinion yeah and just like it's okay to have a personality and be funny like it doesn't have to yeah. be like this perfect I don't know I feel like people might not see me that way but that's definitely how I feel like I feel like I'm always just trying to like I guess it's the people pleaser in us you know (laughs) trying to always get people to like you but yeah oh my gosh the worst ever yeah but it's like people aren't gonna like you like I think we talked about this on our last episode like people will just think you're annoying and wrong and yeah but and you can't change it and no matter what you do that's not gonna change so you may as well just say what you want and be who you want yeah I mean obviously within reason but yeah like don't be an asshole (laughs) like we're actually gonna start saying hateful things on the podcast I don't know I just yeah so that's a big one I just want to like not overthink it not overthink everything I say like when I'm in a social situation the next day and Mm -hmm. just like be fun and fresh that actually is a really good one yeah okay so the next ones we want to talk about was a high and low from a holiday break and I think we have the same low um as yes everyone listening which is COVID just COVID (laughs) it has made a reappearance Yeah, she's come back better than ever, and it's everywhere with everyone. I went into 2021, like, I had not known anyone who had had it personally. I mean, like, we are in Canada, too, so I feel like in Canada it's a little bit less, but I know so many people who have it, and it's, like... Me, too. 
it's actually crazy. Like in Ontario, there's like 20,000 cases a day right now. So yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's really bad here too. I mean, obviously we don't have 20,000 cases a day because Nova Scotia is like so small. But yeah. I know I was just telling you earlier that a couple weeks ago, I think we had the second highest case numbers per capita in Canada. Quebec was the only province above us. It's so crazy. I know. At least this time, I feel like it's less scary because so many people are vaccinated. The Omicron or whatever it's called. I kept saying Omnicron with an N. Me too. Okay. Me too. I got absolutely roasted the other day. Everyone's like, it's not Omicron. It's Omicron. I'm like, okay, chill. Oh my gosh. I say Omicron. It just (laughs) like sounds cuter. It sounds like a transformer or something. Omicron. I know. (laughs) Anyway, um, but it's like a way lighter strain. So I mean- before it was like oh my god you have covid like it's just so crazy that it's it's getting this bad again it's like i thought we were done with this oh i know i've actually completely given up like if we go into another stay (laughs) i've lost all hope i've lost all feeling in my body like if we go into another stay at home order i will actually be catatonic like i won't be able to move i will just no be ordering blizzards to my apartment from bq every day I will be a shell of a human like no one talk to me actually because no thoughts will be in my brain I will just be sitting here doing nothing literally I know I can't so we have that to look forward to (laughs) can't wait yeah we're being so positive (laughs) um so yeah that's um definitely the low but what was your high like what was your best part of the I guess you had a break of like five days because you had to work oh my gosh my break was literally four days long I didn't get home until the afternoon of the 24th and then I was back on the 28th but it was so really nice my high was just being home eating so much food oh my god (laughs) I was a human trash can literally I ate everything in sight I don't think I stopped eating for four days that's what Christmas is for though it was amazing no, I would like go into the kitchen and become so unhinged. Like, wake up, have, oh, a, like, have four cookies for breakfast, put Bailey's in my coffee, have a piece of ice cream cake at like 1 p.m. It was just, it was a lot. Same. My dad and I had pumpkin pie for breakfast, I think, every day that I was home. Yeah. Perfect. It was, and sometimes you just have to do that, you know? Yeah. I have actually no regrets, like, with my, what I ate. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. I needed it. I honestly needed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good one, though thanks yeah. what was yours okay my high of the holiday break was watching high school musical 2 with my sister <laughs> oh my god i have so many thoughts i could truly write like a thesis on high school musical 2 and really just i won't get into detail i think i'm gonna make a tiktok about it because <laughs> i okay please do have so many thoughts please. i think my overall thought is just troy bolton is the absolute woe worst of all time and yeah he kind of is he gives me the ick like he's just not he's not i know and justice for sharpay she is such a queen i know got every opportunity handed to him he would be sitting at the table full of like recruiters who were gonna give him a scholarship and he was so rude i was like you know what i know and it was all thanks to sharpay she did so much for him and I got know. nothing in return. I know. She is way better than him. She's a queen. Her and Ryan she are like is the a best. Queen. And yeah. you know that song, Bet On It, where he's in the the golf club or what's it? Like the golf, yeah. whatever. I do love that song. I'm not going to lie. I do too. <laughs> oh, I love every song is just, they went so hard. But so hard. he's upset because he honestly has too many opportunities. That's what he's upset about. It's like. Yeah. It's what? like, cry me a freaking river. I know. Like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so 
it was really fun. We were actually screaming at the TV. We did have a few drinks um, and watch that. So it was. Oh really my god, fun. that sounds so fun. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, that was uh, that was my high. Okay, that's pretty much what we wanted to say. We also just wanted to give get hyped for 2022 with Busy Blooming because there's just yeah. so much coming. Like the guests coming on the podcast, I'm not, you guys are not ready. I'm not okay. I'm no, gonna, me neither. Like I need. We we basically we wrote out a list of get, like our dream guests. And almost all of them are coming on the podcast. Like, soon. yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, I'm like more merch, more products. We want to do an event with you guys, and like, there's just a lot coming. So, get excited and be a part of it. Follow us on TikTok too. We're we're, we're really trying on TikTok. So, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna pop off in 2022 on TikTok. I feel it. I feel it too. Okay, well, I think that's it from us. Did you have anything else to say? Anything to add? I think we covered it all from me. Okay, well, I don't have anything else to add either so i guess just thank you guys for listening and happy 2022 look forward to the the year with us and we have natalie so let's just get into the episode okay so we have the one and the only natalie barbu on the podcast thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here yeah we're starting off 2022 in the best way possible and i'm so excited for this episode oh wait i'm honored that i'm the first guest of the new year that's really exciting i feel like that's always like um a good indicator of like what the rest of the year will be like you know like the the first podcast of the year so hopefully it's just up from here if that's even possible It is. No. <laughs> okay. Well, there is so much I want to chat to you about. We were just chatting and I think you're just the perfect fit for audience, like women in post-grad and women in business. And I just want to pick your brain about so many different things and hear your experience. And before we jump into it, I would love to just, in case for the one person who doesn't know who you are, introduce yourself and tell us who you are, what your days look like, so we can just learn about you. Thanks. Well, I mean, I'm so flattered. You have so many nice things to say. So thank you. (laughs) Um, But I'm Natalie. I do YouTube. I've been on YouTube for 10 years now. So kind of started back when it was like a weird thing to do and like not many people were doing it. Social media wasn't what it is today, but I stuck with it. Um, I've So I've been pretty consistent on YouTube for the past decade. And then through that, it's just opened so many more doors. I obviously now have an Instagram. I'm on TikTok slightly-ish. Um, I have a podcast. Um, and I also have an app that I am starting and I'm building. I'm helping build this app called Rella, which is going to be an all-in-one social media tool for micro-influencers and influencers in general. But it's really going to be a project management tool to really help you organize your business as a content creator. So that's launching January 18th. So a few weeks out, but Mm -hmm. when you're listening to this podcast, you'll be able to pre-order it already. So if you just search Rella in the app store, it should be there. I love how you've been sharing the journey, like so in depth on your channel, like talking to investors and from the beginning to, I'm sure you're going to share like launching and all that stuff. It is so interesting to see the whole thing. So if anyone hasn't seen that, like I can't recommend enough. It's premium content. Thank you. Yeah. I really wanted to share it because I, I, it's a pet peeve of mine when people are like, I have a secret project coming out. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to share. And like, they kind of tease it and dangle this like carrot in front of you for like a year, but then they don't say what it is until it, it launches. And I always feel like I get why they do it. Like it's good for marketing, but for me, I'm like, I would have loved to see the process leading up to that, like secret project or like whatever it is you're doing. So that's why with Rella, I think I mentioned it like almost like day one of even just having this idea. I was like, this is what I'm trying to do. 
I, it's nerve wracking putting it online because, you know, it could fail. And then you like, right. we're talking about it. And then it's like, oh, that's awkward. But I was like, it's going to help people. It's something that I want to see. It's like, I was searching for content about like someone starting an app or someone starting like a, a tech startup. And like, there really wasn't anything on YouTube besides like these very like tech bro Silicon Valley mm-hmm. type of dudes on YouTube doing it. And I was like, I just like, can't relate to that. Like, so that's why I was like, I really, really want to start um, kind of the series on my channel or not even series, but just like really give an inside scoop about the behind the scenes. Cause hopefully it'll help someone else if they're going through that too. Yeah. And I think that's like the best marketing tool you can even do because then when it does come out, you honestly, like, I feel like I've been like a part of it, the whole journey. And it, it's so much more meaningful than just this random thing launching. I think it's really great marketing too. Thank you. Yeah. I hope, I mean, I want our, like my viewers and people that are in the Slack channel and like that DM me, like I want them to feel like they're a part of it because they literally are. Like I've had so many focus groups with people. I've talked to so many people. Yeah, absolutely. And it truly is like a community around it, which is very unique and very cool. I think too, because rather than just you saying, Hey, here's my app. Like it's not, it's like so many people are involved along the way, which is so cool. And then for you, you got all the feedback and Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was, it was very intentional to do it that way. Like I'm Mm -hmm. very, very big on community. Like it's my favorite part of doing social media. Like it's the reason why I do it today. And I still love it because I like love the community aspect. I don't love the video editing or the taking photos or things like that. Like I like that type of stuff, but like, that's not my passion. My passion is like getting to know people, that community around, you know, people that watch my videos and like, I don't like viewing it as, Oh, it's like, people that watch my videos it's like I like getting to know them you know like Mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm I try to be responsive in my dms and you know have conversations with people and I don't know it's been my favorite part of doing this yeah I I can totally relate to that and even with something like busy blooming it's like having a group of like-minded people together is so cool and that's one thing that's so cool about social media and you really couldn't do anywhere else is find people who are so similar who learn from each other who are respectful and like just it's so fun I I love it too yeah it's definitely it's the best part of social media yeah I think so too okay well I would love to jump in and chat to you about so many things I feel like in your 20s, you've gone so many different directions and accomplished so much. And I think your journey is really inspiring to a lot of people. And I wanted to talk to you about the idea of like planning your 20s, because I know you've mentioned this in a few videos of how you just can't plan your 20s. And so thinking back to when you were at your kind of nine to five job at Accenture, do you think that you would be surprised of where you are today? Yeah. Well, it's crazy because like that feels like it was not a long time ago at all but then it also feels like it was so long ago at the same time it's like whoa can't believe I would go to work every single day work there for eight hours and have to do YouTube and all this other stuff and like if I think about that time in my life it was before I even had a podcast it was before I had like all I did was social media you know and so it's it's just crazy to think about like oh wow that seems close but like so much has changed in the meantime um but I think that my like 22 year old self, 23 year old self would be really, really proud of what I'm doing now because I always wanted to do something other than social media. I just didn't know exactly what that would look like, but I never only wanted to do social media. Like I love social media because I love the community. Like I said, I love doing it as a creative expression, but when it becomes your full-time thing and your only thing that you're doing, cause it is full-time for me, but when it becomes like the only thing that you're doing, I just didn't want that. Like, I was like, that's so much pressure. And like, will Mm -hmm. I still like it if it's the only thing I'm doing? And like, what am I going to talk about if that's the only thing I'm doing? And so 
I knew that I never wanted that to be the only thing. So I think I'd be really, really proud of myself for like finding something and, and going through with it because I do also have a tendency of getting really excited for the start of something. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm going to start something. And I get so excited. And then I, I plan the stuff and then I do all this stuff. And then like, once you get into the thick of it, I'm like, mm, actually, I don't really like this anymore. And then I like <laughs> yeah. move on to something else. And it's like, it's a really bad pattern because I get so excited for the launch or for the start or for the process of like building something. But then once you're in the thick of it and once it's like things get hard, that's when I realized like, oh, maybe this wasn't the right choice. And it's just because I'm literally the most impulsive person ever. And I like dive headfirst into anything. And then I'm like, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Rella, like that's not happening. You know, I have co-founders. Mm-hmm. I have people that work with me. It's like the best thing that I've worked on so far. And it's the thing I'm like most passionate about. And so I would be really happy that I found that. And I also would be like really proud for actually going through and like sticking with it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the case for so many different things. Even starting a new job, it's like you start this nine to five job, you get a new laptop, a new desk. Like it's so fun and so exciting. And then it does get to a point with almost everything where, okay, this isn't, you know, a shiny new toy anymore. This is kind of my day to day. I mean, with you, when you were at your old job, what kind of was that point where you're like, okay, this isn't maybe my dream job, but you know, not everything is perfect. Like, how do you kind of determine when it's time to go and when it's time to like, just stick through? When I was at Accenture, I knew that that wasn't necessarily like what I wanted to do forever. I always knew I wanted to start my own business. I just thought that it would be later down the line. I was like, okay, I'm going to work a corporate job for five years and then, you know, figure out what I want to do and like get experience and meet people. But I mean, I'm so grateful and that I had the opportunity to be able to leave earlier. But I think Mm -hmm. one thing that allowed me to kind of like have peace with it, not being my dream job from day one is that like, it doesn't have to be like, I, you know, not every job that you have is going to be your dream job. Not every job you have is going to be the best thing ever. And you're going to love every second. And I hate the expression that if you love what you do, you never work a day Mm -hmm. in your life. Cause I just think it's so not true, but you know, there, there are times when, or seasons in your life, when you're going to do things that you don't necessarily want to do, but it's kind of a means to an end, or it's something that you have to do to get to your next point. And so that's kind of what I viewed it as. I was like, I'm here to get to my next point. This is one stepping stone. This is not my permanent solution. This is not my permanent, you know, life that I'm living. And like, I tried like networking while I was there. I tried to like get involved in different activities when I was there to, you know, things that I was interested so that I could get to my next path. So while I was there, I knew it wasn't permanent. So I would always look for things to do that could like get me to what I actually wanted to do, which was at the time I thought to like be more into like the marketing side of things or, you Mm -hmm. know, do get on a project that I really liked. But I also stuck with YouTube and social media because I knew that that had potential to also open up a lot of doors. So I was constantly thinking about like my next step. And so thankfully YouTube and social media opened that door much quicker than anything that I did at Accenture was, but I viewed it as like a stepping stone. And I still, I, I do not regret taking that job. I don't regret working there. I think it was like exactly, it served its purpose. You know, it was a stepping stone in my life. And that's kind of how I viewed it. Even when I like really didn't want to go to work or like, didn't, you know, I didn't like my job. Like Right. I don't know if that's a secret, but like, I did not enjoy what I was doing at all. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh my God, dream job. But I, I knew that it was like going to get me to my next place. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's hard when we jump, like 
corporate job working for yourself it's like we're almost trying to attain this ending point and you're like constantly like okay what's I I need to go here and then I can finally get to my dream job but I don't know like do you think it's possible to have a dream job like what does that even would look like for you I do. I think like having a dream job is definitely possible, but having a dream job that you love every second of your day or every day is great and you're so happy is so unrealistic. And I think Mm -hmm. that's when people think like when you have that expectation that, oh, once I get to my dream job, I'm going to be content. I'm going to be happy. I'm never going to have a hard day. That expectation is never going to be fulfilled because that's just impossible. So I think having realizing that you can have a dream job and you can love what you do, but you have to have a purpose behind it so that it actually sticks, like it actually makes you um, stick through like those bad days or those hard times. And I think with the other things that I've done, like I had an online store, I had Mm -hmm. like a small agency that like I loosely say agency. And I think I just did those because I was just like, maybe this is my dream job, like owning my own thing or owning this. And it wasn't like the purpose wasn't behind it. Like the purpose there was like, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't even know what the purpose was. I think I just felt like it was like <laughs> yeah. a good idea to do, you know? And it's like, I had the idea and I ran with it, but then when the days got hard and I didn't like it, I was like, okay, never mind. And now with what I'm doing right now, I'm like, even when the days are hard, I have my purpose behind it. And that's why I'm not like looking for the next thing. Like I'm very, very happy where I am, but like things are difficult and I have very stressful, bad days. And mm-hmm. it's really not that much fun all the time, but I know like the purpose behind it. So that's why I consider this what I'm doing right now, my dream job. Right. And I think sometimes we don't know, like she'd be more motivated or more disciplined. And I feel like what you're saying is that, you know, purpose is the motivation that carries you through. And it also comes down to the discipline too. But I think that's when sometimes we can feel lost when we don't have a purpose. We're just working a job and it's kind of like, this is fine, but I don't, I'm not purposeful right now. In the in terms of the whole like five-year plan, planning out your twenties, what's your view on that? Like, do you think you should just not plan at all and just kind of go with it and try different things? Or what do you think about all that? I'm a big planner in the sense of like my future. So I'm very, very forward thinking. And I think it it's good because like, I'm always thinking about what's next, but it can be bad because I never take the time to reflect. So I'm not a very like reflective person. I'm not very introspective. I kind of just go, go, go. And I move forward. And I think that can also have like a lot of negatives to it. But the good thing about it is that I do think about like my future and where I want to be in five years, what I want to do. And the next year, what I want to accomplish. And even though I don't have specifics, I'm not like, I want to live in this place and have Mm -hmm. this many kids and have this much money. And, you know, I'm not thinking like that, but I'm thinking big picture, like, okay, I want to have, um, you know, I want to be the CEO of Rella and I want to have, you know, multiple employees under me and be profitable and have raised money, you know, like things like Mm -hmm. that, that are, more, I guess, um, broad are things that I like plan for, but I'm not like married to that idea right? because if I need to adjust and I need to pivot, then I don't care what my five-year plan is. Like I'm going to do what I need to do, but I think it's good to have that so that it carries you through what you're doing today. Cause I think if all you're thinking about is like today, it's easy to get caught up in the negative. Like, Oh, today sucks. I hate what I'm doing. I'm miserable. But like, if you don't if it's not taking you to where you want to be in five years, then it's hard to kind of like 
have hope or have encouragement or have motivation when you're in that like negative place. So I think that that's where the five-year plan is helpful, but don't be married to that five-year plan. Like be able to, you know, pivot and adjust and you're not a failure if you don't reach that five-year plan. Like it's my five-year plan is probably not going to happen. That's not really the, or I mean, I hope it does, but it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm, I'm not going to be like miserable if it doesn't, because what if something else happens? That's like even better. So, and I think sometimes we feel like if we change our trajectory, it's a failure. It's a bad thing, but oftentimes it's a great thing because even for you in your example, like you probably didn't even know about the idea of Rella yet. Like it hadn't even been a possibility. So it couldn't even be on your five-year plan, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And so I think sometimes we get really hard on ourselves when we don't accomplish those goals, but it's not a failure. And I mean, life is not a straight line. You you constantly are changing directions. And that's, I think what life is all about. It's not just following the step-by-step because what fun is that? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know. I think that that's why also when you're like at a job, for example, that you don't like, or you're at a nine to five that you want to quit, like having that goal Mm -hmm. is going to help you then be proactive because if not, you're going to say like, this sucks. I'm miserable, but like, what are you doing about it? You know, like, I think that you should change your Mm -hmm. situation. So like figure out ways to do it. Like, should you be applying to new jobs? Should be you reaching out for like to have a mentor or have an advisor or reach out to someone to grab coffee and like chat with them. And I think a lot of people don't do those things. Like they're, it's easy to not take action because you don't Mm -hmm. even know what to do. But I think just the first thing to do when you're feeling that way is to talk to people and to talk to other people who you admire, listen to podcasts, research, like be proactive about it. And that's like something that I always tell like my friends, if they're feeling that way, I'll tell my siblings, my boyfriend, I'm like, okay, well, talk to this person, talk to this person, reach out to this person. Like who cares if they don't respond, if that's the worst that happens, you know, but you Mm -hmm. might as well reach out and try to kind of get the ball moving so that you can change your situation. And so that's always like what I, what I tell people. Yeah. I love that. I think we sometimes hold on to identities that just don't serve us in any way too. Like it could be, oh, I just, I don't like my job or I'm just, I'm not ever going to do that or I'm never going to accomplish this. But it's like, we work so hard to protect this version of ourselves for no reason. And I think that can sometimes stunt our growth sometimes too, because we think oh, that's unattainable. But I mean, why, why say that? I mean, like you said, just do little things like reach out to somebody or network. And what are your tips for networking and kind of getting yourself out there? Yeah. So I have been using LinkedIn a lot actually, Mm -hmm. and I never used LinkedIn in the past really. Um, but I've been using it a lot more and I've tried to like be more active on there too, because I think the more you post, it's like a very encouraging and like place where people can find you. So I have been just cold reaching out to people on there, or if we have mutual connections, I'll reach out to the mutual connection and I'll say, Hey, I saw that you're connected to this person or do you feel comfortable sending an intro? And usually people are very like, like they're very happy to help you. You know, they're very happy to be like, yeah, I'll set up an intro or I've been told that I need to be on Twitter. So I like just got a Twitter and I'm like trying to tweet about Rella and like tweet about like entrepreneurship stuff. And I'm not using it at all for like my other personal branding stuff. Like it's purely Rella focused. Um, and so I'm like trying to do that because I know a lot of like investors or, um, business leaders are on Twitter. So things like that I've been trying to do. Um, but I would say just reach out to people and use your connection. So if you speak to one person, if you get a coffee with one person, or if you have a call with one person at the end of that call, ask them, is there anyone you think I should speak to? 
you know, don't, I think that's like the best. It, I've gotten so many people that way, like, or I've mm-hmm. met so many people that way. So don't be afraid to say and to ask for help because people are so willing to help. I feel like people are so generous when it comes to time and spilling their knowledge and mentorship. And, you know, I think it's just people want to help people that, you know, they feel like, oh, I was once in those shoes. So I would just reach out on LinkedIn, find people that you know to see if they can intro you and any person that you talk to, ask them who you think that they should talk to next or who who they think that you should talk to next. Um, And usually they'll, they'll have someone. Yeah. And sometimes I think a lot of people worry about being annoying. You know, I think as a woman in her twenties, you don't want to be annoying and bug people. But, and like you said, that's interesting that you don't find that at all. Like people aren't really nice and like open. They are. And like a lot of times I feel like sometimes I'll, I'll send a message and they don't, I, no one responds. Like, it's like a dead, right response I'll follow up with them I'll be like hey just following up and then maybe I'll follow up one more time and then Mm -hmm. if they don't respond after like two times I'm like okay I'm not gonna bother them anymore but it doesn't matter like no one Mm -hmm. thinks back like I've probably gotten messages like that that I haven't responded to I don't know a single name of that person it's not like I'm like oh my god they're so annoying and that's why I'm not (laughs) responding like usually people don't respond because they just either are busy don't have time it slips their mind you know they just like don't have the bandwidth for that it's nothing personal so if someone doesn't respond like that's not a big deal you can always try again later and then no one's gonna like be like oh my god how dare this person reach Mm -hmm. out to me like I've I could never see myself ever doing that. And I have never experienced that with anyone else either that I've reached out to. And I've reached out to like huge people. Like one of the people that I networked with and had like multiple calls with was like the old CTO of MySpace. And he also was like, he's now the CEO and founder of this like really huge company called Koji. They've raised Mm -hmm. like millions of dollars. It's like an influencer company. And we've had like multiple calls and it all happened because I just messaged him. I was like, hi, I'm building this product. I'd love to talk to you. And then he was like, yeah, pick a time in my calendar. Like it was that easy. And so I was like shocked. I was like, no effing way. Like I cannot believe this person (laughs) responded. I was like, whoa, I was totally expecting this to be like a no response. So, you, you know, sometimes it's, it's nice. You can shock yourself, but I mean, I'll say like, 50% of the time people don't respond, but who cares? You just continue to reach out. Yeah. And it's like two seconds of your day for Mm -hmm. like, you just never know. Like you said, that's so crazy. Wow. Yeah. It's really, it's cool. But I mean, so many doors open if you just like actually take action. And I think that takes so much confidence to it. And you seem like someone who is so confident. I mean, like starting these businesses. And I remember um, your shop too, that you had like the clothing store. And I remember even thinking that is just so cool just to start stuff. And do you find that you are truly just like confident and good at business? Like, have you always been this way? Or like, how did you get to that point? I think that I have been confident in knowing that I can do whatever I like set my mind to mm-hmm. whether it's going to be a massive success or not doesn't matter. I just have always known that I can do something like if I wanted to, like I've never let the fear of starting stop me from doing something. And so I think it, it goes from just growing up with parents that were very supportive and like whatever it is that I had like thought I wanted to do, you know, it's so, I mean, they were very supportive in like any business venture, anything I wanted to start, but they wanted me to, you know, go to school and get a good degree and, you know, things like that. But I remember, I mean, when I was, I think 15 or 16, I had just started on YouTube and 
I had done like these like outfit of the days and like outfit of the mm-hmm. week videos and people would comment like, oh, I love your style. And, or like my friends would be like, oh, I like, that's so cute. But like, I could never pull that off. And like, people were always saying that. And I'm like, anyone can pull off anything. Like I don't have a specific like look that makes me pull something off. It's just like wearing it and that's it. And so I started this like styling business when I was, I think 16, And I say business in quotes because it was not a business, but you know, I thought it could be. And so I had told people like, Hey, if you pay me $20, I'll go and I'll find an outfit for you. Like you give me a budget. So if your budget's a hundred dollars, you give me 120, I'll shop with that hundred. I'll keep the 20 and then I'll find like a whole look for you. And like that you can feel like confident in. I think I maybe had like 10 clients max with that. Oh my God. Um, But it was like, I was like, I always thought I could do whatever. And like, my parents never were like, Oh no, you can't do that. You know, like they were always like, yeah, cool. Go for it. Like, that's awesome. You know? So I think growing up in a, in an environment that was very encouraging of like new ventures and new ideas has always been good because from when I was little that, you know, I was like that, like I was, I remember like six years old and I was like, I want to have a restaurant. And so I would like Mm -hmm. do a restaurant at at my house like I would like pretend like my parents were the customers or like I wanted to write a book and I I, like would write a book and like do like live readings in front of my parents you know so like I just always had that confidence to start something and like that never stopped me and I think with YouTube it was the same thing like I was like oh I watched like three YouTube videos and I was like this looks cool like I can do this yeah and so I just kind of did it and I think that's one thing it's like if you don't start something you don't know if you like it or not and most things that you start might not work out and like that that's fine, you know, because you'll figure out what works, what doesn't, and then you'll develop skills along the way. So I guess that's where my confidence comes, but I'm definitely also like, you know, you have to practice confidence when you're speaking to people so that they can also believe in you too. Cause there are days and I'm like, Oh my God, like this is not going well, but then mm-hmm. I, ha- I can't say that, you know, I have to yeah. act as confident as I can, because then you also start to believe it yourself too. Yeah. I love that. And I think someone like you, like you've just had that entrepreneurial side to you. And it's so funny with the clothing business. I didn't know about that. That's very admirable. It's a good idea. (laughs) It's kind of like stitch fix without the tech part of it. Like it's literally, I started the first stitch fix. (laughs) Yeah. You could have run with that. Like, (laughs) yeah, it was, it was my stitch fix version, stitch fix. Oh my God. I can't say it now, but whatever that when I did it not did not have any fashion sense, did not yeah. um, like have any tech background. It was literally through PayPal. And then I would like shop <laughs> online. And sometimes people would yeah. send me like budgets that were so much, like so small and they would want like a whole outfit. And I was oh, like, well, I told no. them I would get them an outfit. So I would literally lose money because I was like, I have to no. make them happy. And I would spend my own money. Like I would spend, <sighs> you know, more money. Cause I was like, the shirt would go perfectly with this, but they didn't send me enough money for it. So I would just buy it for them anyways. Like I was not, no it was way. not a good business structure. <laughs> <laughs> you were committed to the cause though. Like you yeah. were so committed, <laughs> you know, customers always are right. You know, the users first or the customers first. So yeah, I put oh them first. <laughs> And by my money, I mean, I I think it was like my parents' money at the time. I think I don't, I had a job when I was 16. So maybe I was using that money, but like, yeah, I was, my parents probably at one point were like, yeah, this got to stop. You're not, you're not making money on this. (laughs) They're like, we're investing in your company now. And this is not uh, the vibe. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So going through like all these different stopping and starting businesses and trying different things. And now, I mean, with Rella, 
what do you wish, like, are there any certain things you wish you could go back and tell yourself and just be like, don't do this or do this? Like any big lessons learned or do's and don'ts? Yeah, this is kind of like not advice that I feel like I typically hear, but I would say like quit before, I feel like quit quickly. I don't know if that's good advice. And I'm not talking about like jobs or anything like that, but I'm talking about like things that you realize are not for you. There is no point in stretching it out because you want to prove a point because that is what I did with everything. I was like, I wanted to prove a point that I could do it. And so I kept it on and I wasted money and I wasn't happy. And I constantly was scared that like, oh my God, people are going to find out this isn't working. And it would have just been so much easier if the second I knew that this wasn't working and that this wasn't a good idea or that this isn't something I want to pursue that I would have moved on. Then I dragged things out a lot. And I think it's because I'm very scared of confrontation, whether even that's like confronting myself or confronting others. I feel like I'm not good at that. And so I think that that like, I I didn't want to confront myself about being wrong about this or like not working. So I would like drag things on really quickly or I'm really slowly I would drag things out Mm -hmm. for a long time and so I would tell myself to like quit quickly in those situations when you know something's not right yeah I love that advice I mean we've talked about having big quitter energy a lot in this podcast (laughs) and why quitting isn't a bad thing I mean it's just knowing when something's not for you or not working which is good I think lots of times I mean not I'm not saying go quit your nine-to-five job or something because it's not for you but I think quitting can be a really good thing oftentimes yeah I think so too, because I mean, I'm giving the advice that you should try everything. I'm like, start something, do Mm -hmm. try anything, figure out all of your interests. And like, if you stick to everything and you don't quit, then you're not going to learn what you're good at or what you're not good at, you know? So it's, it's that sort of thing. And obviously I'm saying like, try everything, start everything. If I'm not saying to invest tens of thousands of dollars into something and Mm -hmm. just try it out, like obviously no, but like, there are so many things that you can try for $0 and start and at least start like taking action on and you'll you'll realize if it's for you pretty quickly like I find comparison gets in the way a lot of times like throughout all these things like you start something whether it's you know social media TikTok or it is a business or even as a nine-to-five job it's like we're constantly comparing ourselves and our progress and success to other people have you found that to be a big barrier like in your journey or is that something you don't really like deal with that much I do and I it's I constantly have to tell myself like not to think that way and like not to compare myself because everybody's journey is different and I think listening to podcasts actually helps because mm-hmm. I'll see like every entrepreneur that I admire has gone through like hard times or gone through times when people have told them like their idea sucks and like all of this stuff you know and no one's path is just a straight up arrow and it's like oh mm-hmm. everything's going great and so I think that is what is that's helped me like seeing other people's struggles in a way and seeing how they've overcome it. Um, But something that really affects me is like when I talk to people in real life or in my own network that I perceive are doing better than me. And then I'm like, Oh my God, like, what the heck? Why are they doing better than me? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. What am I doing wrong? Like, I don't wish that they weren't doing well. I'm super happy that they're doing well, but I'm like, to me, it's like, well, then that means I'm not doing something right. And that's just not true. Like everyone's path is different. So it's just that reminder to myself that I'm like, I can't compare myself. That doesn't mean that they're doing something right. Or it doesn't mean that I'm doing something wrong. It's just different like lanes. And that's it. Like no one's lane is going to be the exact same route. No one's um, path is going to be the same. So I just 
constantly have to remind myself, but I mean, it's really hard. Like yesterday I, I met up with someone who also has a company and they were saying like how, th- how great things have been going and how like everything's been so fun and easy and, you know, and I'm like, I haven't really had that experience. Like, yeah. am I doing something <laughs> wrong? You know? Mm-hmm. And so that was like hard for me, even though I was really happy for them, it was still like, well, what does that say on me? So it's just constantly having to remind myself that that's not the truth, but it's definitely hard. It's, it's really hard to, to, to do that. I think so too. And I think realizing it's so hard to not relate someone else's success to you, like to not reflect on yourself. And I know that quote, like someone else's success has nothing to do with you. It is so hard though, to process that. Like, I think with everything, like social media numbers, followers, businesses, finances, even relationships, like, you know, and I think it's just someone else's life and their success has nothing to do with us. And it's hard as it is to swallow. Like it's true. Being a a woman in business. I, I feel like you're this, you know, icon for being a female entrepreneur and a woman in business. And do you like, how do you navigate the world as, or the business world as a woman in business? Like, is there any specific t- like lessons you've learned or situations where you've had to navigate kind of like a male dominated situation? Thank you. Um, yeah. So I've realized it, especially when it comes to raising money and speaking to people that are older, more experienced, or just like investors in general, um, investors are used to talking to men and mm-hmm. that's, there's like no secret about that. You know, they're probably 90% of their day is speaking to other men. And so I I've noticed a difference between confidence within men and women, and maybe I'm generalizing. Well, I am generalizing, but for at least myself, I've noticed that I don't like bragging on myself because, you know, then you're cocky or you're like, oh, you're so full of yourself or mm-hmm. whatever. And I've noticed like on YouTube and on social media and on Instagram, when you're bragging about yourself, people don't like that. Like people want you to talk about the bad and they want you to talk about the negatives and they want you to, they want to see your struggles, which is fine because people want someone to relate to. And I get it. But when I go into a meeting with someone, I can't act like that. You know, I can't put my struggles and my experiences on display. I have to walk in being like, this is the best thing you're missing out. Look at how great we are. And that's the energy you have to walk into, which is just so not natural for me. And Mm -hmm. I've noticed for some men, it's a lot easier to be like that. It's a lot easier to be like, oh yeah, my, my company's the shit. Like what? Like I'm, this (laughs) is the best thing ever. Like, you know, and that's, even though I believe that I don't, it's not, I'm not saying that all the time because I, I mean, if I said that all the time on social media, people would be like, who do you think you are? Like, we don't want to hear that, you know? And I get that. So that's why it's like two different mindsets that I have to be in. So I think that's one thing for women in entrepreneurship to be comfortable bragging about themselves and be comfortable sharing their success and not giving into their like doubts or fears or, cause a lot of times I feel like women want to explain themselves. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, so this is like the great stuff. And then, you know, we all automatically want to kind of like say any like doubts that they might like address any doubts that they might be having. So we're like, I mean, we're just, we're just starting out. So we're like, still really small, you know, don't say that, like, Mm -hmm. just go with the great, just go with the good. That doesn't matter. It's all about confidence. It's all about your story. And so that's just been something I've had to learn. And then another thing I would say is that this is going to sound like kind of weird, but I think your voice is something that I've noticed that you have to be, have like a very like commanding 
powerful quote unquote voice, which I don't necessarily think I have. So I've had to like kind of practice being just more like commanding in a room and like capturing attention immediately, which is something that I don't have to do on, you know, social media. Like I'm I'm just talking normally or on my podcast, I'm just talking normally. But when you're in a room like that, you really have to like demand their attention. And so that's been something that has been hard for me just as a woman in general, that I don't think that men necessarily have to think about or they, they don't have to practice it as much as I necessarily have. Yeah, those are great, great pieces of advice. And have you found that it's just gotten easier with time? Like it just takes practice? Yeah, definitely. It definitely gets easier with time. Um, And once you realize that, like no one knows what they're doing fully, Mm -hmm. you know, men, women, doesn't matter. It's all the story and the way you say it and the way that you capture people's attention, it gets a lot easier because it's not like, oh my God, I'm a fraud. Everyone's thinking that like, it's just Mm -hmm. the way that you're saying it and the way that you're, you're presenting yourself. That's what matters. So once you think of it that way, it's a little bit easier to do rather than, um, thinking about it. Like, oh, I like, I just naturally can't do it. Like I can, it's just going to happen over time and practice and kind of like a mindset shift. But I mean, it's not like you're lying or you're saying anything. It's just like the way that you present the story is going to be different on different mediums, for example. And like speaking in front of investors, advisors, people that are older and more experienced, you have to have a different way that you present. Yeah. I heard that about the study that they took like a bunch of men, like male mediocre performers and a bunch of really high performing female performers at work. And they had to rate themselves out of 10 and all the mediocre men rated themselves like nine or, you know, nine, 10 out of 10. And all the women were like six, seven, because I think women are just so much more critical in ourselves and we are hard on ourselves and just not to overgeneralize, but I think oftentimes in the business world, men just aren't like you said, they have that confidence and ask for a raise and ask for a promotion and just enter a room and they have more forgiveness to be more bold. Why um, do you think that is? I don't like, cause I, I've heard yeah. of that study too. And I can hundred percent see it, you know, like I, I, know. I definitely feel like that's true, but what is it that like makes women more critical or why do, why are we more critical on ourselves? Like, I don't know what the, the root cause of that is. Is it just like societal pressure? Is it people don't like women that are successful or people quote unquote? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like you said, like growing up from a young age, like the societal roles that we play as women and women just aren't like societally placed in this position of like, being that way like being outspoken and confident and I feel like that's changing though like hopefully like as time goes on right Mm -hmm. I hope so and I think I definitely think it does because it's it has to change also from like both perspectives like Mm -hmm. men need to obviously view women as more of you know equals or like you know they can they can have the same position they can have leadership roles But also I think a lot of times, like just from being on social media, when I am on social media, I mean, obviously I have a mainly female audience, but the, a lot of times like the female audience is so much more critical than totally than male audiences. And I see that because like, if you look at um, content creators that have a mainly, mainly male audience, they do not receive the criticism from other Mm -hmm. men that women receive from other women. So it's like, we all got to put in work (laughs) to not- to not judge others because I think it's easy for us to say like, yes, we want women to succeed and we want women to be powerful. But then when we see that, are we 
supportive mm-hmm. of it, you know, like, or are we like, totally. oh my God, you just are so full of yourself or you think so highly, or you need a reality check or whatever, you know? Cause I think that that happens a lot too. And it's, it might be subconscious and you might not realize you're doing it, but like, I've noticed that like my biggest critics have been women, unfortunately. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I hate that. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, you go on TikTok and someone, like you said, is like bragging and being like, Oh, I love my outfit today. I look so cute. All the comments are negative. And someone's like, I look so horrible today. And all the comments like, you look great. Like it's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> I know like that needs to change. Like we should be mm-hmm. able to be proud of ourselves and, and brag about ourselves. And mm-hmm. it's not coming from a, I think I'm better than you way. Like it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Like good for us for accomplishing whatever it is. You know, I, I, I hope that that changes. Yeah. And like, why is being proud of yourself and saying you did a good job? So like cringy, like, why is it so bad? It's, it's amazing. It's great. It's I know it's too bad. I don't know why. I don't know why. Hopefully it changes. I mean, going through all your different, like having the business side of you and then the social media side of you and your personal life, I feel like with personal brand. And I feel like the same times too, like being on social and having a corporate job, it can kind of get confusing of like who really are you when it comes to all these different things do you find that with having this like business owner entrepreneur version of you do you worry kind of that maybe on social media you're more like your true self and more fun and like like how do you kind of navigate blending all those together yeah it's hard because I don't want to have two different personalities Mm -hmm. like I want to be the same person all the time. And I know we have like different personas on different like channels and mediums and whatever, like who you are online is not exactly who you are in person because you just, you know, I mean, not every, everyone is like that, you know, like not content Mm -hmm. creators, which is everyone, like you're not going to post your entire life on the internet. But I will say that I don't want to separate the two. Like I've I don't want to be like, oh, now that I'm like trying to raise money and like, maybe I shouldn't post that selfie, you know, like I don't want to have to think that. (laughs) And I don't, because I also want like people who believe in Rella to believe in me and me, like who I am is like what I've also been posting the past two years. So I don't want to have to change that just because of what I'm doing now, you know? So that's kind of, I, I try not to, um, not to be like two different people. Like I really try to be myself on every platform that I, that I come on and someone I follow, her name's Amanda Getz and she's mm-hmm. the founder and CEO of house of wise, which is this like CBD line for women. She is such an inspiration to me because she is so herself in every aspect. She has like huge investors to her company. She started her own company. She's a single mom of three kids. She posts like pictures of herself like at the beach if she wants or okay it's I have to take my kids to school or my kids are sick gonna have to stay home with them stay at home mom life or whatever it Mm -hmm. is you know and like she is that all the time and with her investors with her like audience with her company and and I just really that like really um inspires me a lot because she's like such a successful woman and she is not like afraid to like be herself on every platform so I kind of like take inspiration from, from her, but if you don't follow her, highly recommend she posts like really good stuff. What's her name again? Amanda gets. And it's G O E T Z. It's really tricky. I find I felt that way. Like when I was at my really corporate job, I have my corporate version of myself, you know, and then my social media, it's really hard to, you know, navigate that. And sometimes when we think of, you know, business and people who are successful in business, we, you know, replicate male 
qualities of like being more assertive and more direct and things. But I think there is a lot of power in your femininity, which we've talked on the podcast of having emotion and having empathy is great business skills. And I think we don't think about that enough. Oh, totally. And I guess like when I said, like, you know, you have to be more commanding and you have to have more confidence. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that in a way like, oh, you have to be exactly like your male counterparts. I'm saying like, those are good things to take from them or Mm -hmm. to take from like the way that they traditionally, you know, portray themselves. But I think that bringing in your femininity is such a power too. like, don't Mm -hmm. neglect that. Like, I don't want to be like, um, I don't know. Do you know, um, the girl that's like the founder of Theranos, that like big scandal, Elizabeth Holmes. It's like oh, a, yeah. the company that like raised so much money and was like valued at like a billion something dollars. And then it was like a whole scam. Like mm-hmm. she just embodied pretty much Steve Jobs. Like she wore the right. black turtleneck and the slicked back hair. And she had a very deep masculine voice. And she was very like stern, like a man. And that is not something I want to do. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I want to be myself and I want to like clothes and makeup and be girly and mm-hmm. also be able to run a company like you. It's not mutually exclusive. You can do mm-hmm. both and be a person. Like, I think, yeah, like having a personality, it doesn't mean you're bad at business. I think it's, it's exactly. weird how we associate these things. Like, you know, have you ever seen the show Suits? Mm-mm. It's like, well, this guy, Harvey Specter, he's like, you know, the big lawyer or whatever. And he's so like, you know, boss and all these things. But I think sometimes we think that is success. Like that is being a good person at business. And it's so not true. Like some of the best leaders are the most kind, empathetic people. And it it's so unrelated to all these things. And I think it's because in the past, we only saw one side of people, you know, like we, Mm -hmm. if you look in 15 years ago, 10 years ago, if you saw a business leader, you only saw them in a business setting, because when would you see their personal life? Like, unless you know them personally, you would never see their personal life. And so I think that's why we have this image that you have to be all business to be successful. But now with social media and with people allowing uh, like random people to see their everyday life, things have changed. Like it's Mm -hmm. not you don't have to be all business all the time if you're allowing people into your life. But before that's all we saw. So I think we like adopted that into social media, mm-hmm. which just like we shouldn't do because obviously a hundred percent of our lives are not business and go, go, go. Mm-hmm. and serious. Like everyone has a lot life outside of what they do for work. And mm-hmm. so I am hopeful that, you know, that can kind of be more accepted um, for male and like for men and women. Like I mm-hmm. hope that like you can show more of your life and personality. Yeah, I think with the whole, you know, Zoom meetings and working from home, you do see that a little bit more now too, because you'll be in a meeting and then your CEO's daughter is like in the background coloring or something like it's really cool. And I feel like those that is starting to change in the work from home Zoom situation. I agree. Yeah. And people want to, you know, loosen up now more, you know, Mm because it's like things have been so hard and serious the past few years. So like, I feel like people are more willing to just be able to kind of break down those walls and like just chat because that's something that they've been missing. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Well, I, this was so fun. I want to bring you back for every yeah. single week and learn from you, I, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll be back whenever. Just invite me the next time. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. come back. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting. Um, like we'll link all your stuff in the show notes, but where can everyone find you follow Rella, like all the things. 
Yeah. So you can find me at Natalie Barbu on Instagram and you can also find me on TikTok, Twitter, apparently now. And then also, (laughs) um, you can find Rella at Rella social. You can also download Rella or pre-order Rella. It's totally free. So you'll just have it automatically download on January 18th. But if you pre-order it now, you won't have to remember on January 18th. Um, and it also just helps us. And then just follow us on Rella social everywhere. Awesome. Well, everyone go follow. We'll link everything below as well. And yeah, well, thank you for coming on the podcast and we'll see you again one time. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. This was so much fun. Mm-hmm.